1: Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have this Mike Ruffing, who started Problem Solvers Consultants to help small local businesses execute done-for-them marketing strategies that they otherwise wouldn't have been able to do on their own. Hey, Mike, fantastic. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, Mark. You're welcome. Hey, can you expand a bit more on, on your business, on you know, where you are today with it and the kind of clients that you love working with? Sure. So we we like to help small business owners really bridge that
2: gap between being a solopreneur who has to do all their marketing themselves and growing and scaling their business to a point where they can hire an internal marketing team. And that's really been our bread and butter. And, uh, you know, we're really excited. We actually just celebrated our 10th anniversary last Thursday. So Mm -hmm. less than a week ago, we made 10 years so that's uh i from what i'm told that's less than five or five or seven percent of all businesses make it that long so yeah I'm man that's a for that. milestone well done so but yeah that's that's our target customer like i said we we love helping small business owners really help them grow and scale and get to a place where they can comfortably
1: support their families and, and execute what they want to do with their life nice so those clients that come to you what state are they in when they when they reach you what What do you have to help them to sort of work through or overcome so that you can serve them effectively?
2: You know, most of the time, it's about a lot about education. You know, we spend a lot of time educating them on what a proper marketing strategy should look like. You know, most of the business owners that come to us have never budgeted a marketing strategy. You know, they haven't budgeted any advertising costs. Mm -hmm. You know, we see probably 80% of the time Business owners come to us when they hit a, a lull in their business and they start to see themselves going down the down the toilet of, hey, this probably isn't going to be sustainable because they ride the initial high of, you know, we're, we're doing a grand opening. We get all this news coverage and PR and we get the Chamber of Commerce comes out and everybody in town wants to look at the new shiny object. And they ride that for six, nine, 12, 15 months. And then when they start to see that start to fall off, they don't realize that they haven't done anything to support and keep that momentum going. Yeah. So that's usually when we start to see them come to us as um, they, they want to know what they can do to get that momentum back, to start to climb that mountain again and really help themselves continue down that path. And a lot of times that's just starting to budget and knowing what they're going to spend to continue that momentum that they got for free at the beginning.
1: Nice. So with that, is it more like, is there a a sort of a blueprint that you allow people to follow? Is it you help leverage what they have? What sort of strategies do you guys work with?
2: Yeah, so we meet with each client and help them determine what's best for their particular niche, what they're doing, you know, how their business runs. You know, e-commerce obviously is different than a local mom and pop's pizza shop you know, you, you have to handle those two things differently. And then we also have to gauge, you know, where that person stands as far as their Mm. comfortability with creating content, with being part of, you know, being part of the marketing strategy, you know, we pride ourselves on it's done for you, but it's really done with you, right? Mm. You still have to be there to go through what the strategy is going to be. You have to help us create the content because we're obviously not in your, in your place of business. And so depending on how active they want to be, depends on how their strategy ends up from from our execution standpoint
1: nice and so your clients traditionally haven't gone through you know agency after agency or been let down or um not engaged well as they should have done because there's a a number of reasons why things and agencies don't work or it's a bad rap and i hear so many times that a lot of agency owners jobs is to get rid of the the false beliefs and the and the bullshit that comes with that and understand what was it? What did happen? Um, so do you find that within the industry that's tough to to let people see exactly how things should work, why there's the right thing to do and how the best approach could be?
2: Yeah. And you know we this year was the first time we actually took on a client who was a, you know, came from another agency that really had a bad experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us, that was really challenging, right? Because we pride ourselves on our education, on teaching them what they do and why they should do it and why they should do things a certain way. And, you know, what results they should see from it. And mm-hmm. honestly, that, you know, the client that we took on this year they they were really gun shy about everything. Right. And it was, it was constantly questioning you know, what we did, even though, you know, we obviously went through the conversation, we've, you know, we've shown, you know, that we know what we're doing, you know, they've seen my background, they know the years of experience. And, but it, so they signed the deal, and they became a client, but then all of a sudden, they started to feel all that, all that animosity of what they went through previously. And it's, you know, it's honestly more challenging, because you're spending more time, you know, justifying yourself, rather than explaining, why you're doing what you're doing and how they can how they can work with you and support it. Instead, you're really just trying to justify what you
1: already know is the right thing to do. Yeah, and that must be tough. I mean, especially small local businesses, the marketing budget is it can be tight, it can be, it can be a a brave new step to to do this. So it's, I guess you're dealing with a lot of emotions, a lot of um, struggles, as well as just doing the work that you know needs to be done.
2: And it's really an underserved market for that same reason, right? The If you look at the, if you look at the small business, you know, the, and we're not talking about the, you know, the U S government version of a small business where you can do $400 million as a contractor and still be small. We're talking about legitimate, you know, 10, 15, maybe 20 employees. You know, right. if they're lucky, they might do seven figures in revenue, but most likely they're only doing hundred, a couple hundred thousand dollars. And, The reality is, is that market is really only served by solopreneurs and freelancers because every dollar matters, right? If they decide they're going to invest twenty five hundred dollars a month into their marketing, they're a very high touch audience, right? Twenty five hundred dollars is a lot of money to me. It's a large percentage of my revenue. You know, I want to know where that money is going. I want to know what the return on that money is. I want to know what the investment is and what our plan is and what the outcome is going to be, and you know it's much easier for an agency to sign up with Under Armour, get a half million dollar deal. And Under Armour just wants to know where to send the check, Mm. you know? So most agencies that are really qualified to help these people don't want anything to do with them because they're high touch and low profit. And so they end up getting stuck with solopreneurs or freelancers who they're great at what they do, but you really need four or five freelancers and they tend to sell themselves as a jack of all trades and what happens is, is they're not really great at all the different things. They're great at one or two of them. And then the business owner can't figure out why you know part of their marketing plan is successful and part of it isn't. And that's really where I tried to build the agency to fill that gap. So they really get a true copywriter, a true graphic designer, a true strategist, a true ads person. And they're only getting each of those people part-time, but they're yeah. actually getting people who, who have 10, 15, 20 years of experience
1: in what they're doing. And they're nice. not just trying to pretend like they can do everything. So it's that stepping stone, have, have, get allowed into that experience and expertise and the right people in the right places, but without paying the you know the full-time big costs. Love that. So, Hey, Mike, wh- what was it that prompted you to you know, get into this business in, in the first place and say, yep, yeah, I want my own agency. This is the dream.
2: I never said those words. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so, uh, like I said, it was a little bit over 10 years ago now. Um, at the time I was doing marketing and operations for advanced auto parts, which is a large fortune 200, I think at the time. Um, and I had a couple of friends who had contracting businesses and, and a and and uh, b hotelier business. And back then it was even uh, before social media really became a thing, but they had some really bad experiences with some, some SEO gurus that kind of took some big checks and didn't, didn't produce any tangible results that they could actually see. And, uh, they called me up and they said, Hey, you know, we know you're doing this for a living. Like, can you help us out so we can, so we can get this squared away? Cause we're just burning through cash and not really doing anything. And that was kind of how it started, you know? So I did some work on the side. I, you know, just as a side gig for truly friends of mine that I'd known for years. And, they uh they eventually came back to me and and they said hey our accountant said uh, you know we're going to pay you for this you actually have to have a business so we jokingly called it problem solvers cuz we were solving their problem and uh we had no i had no interest in being an agency i had no interest in doing it as a business like if they wouldn't have forced me to like there never would have been paperwork filed yeah. and uh you know long story short I, I, the first couple of years um we continued to grow just by word of mouth we didn't do any marketing of our own and uh, you know, I still kept my day job. I kept my kept my work with Advanced Auto Parts for three or four years, and uh, and honestly, that really helped fund the business to grow into an agency. Because uh, I don't think without that day job income, that the agency would have sustained itself through those first couple of years' growth, mm. uh, with the amount of money that it cost and that it that it lost to
1: run. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a blessing and a curse having a full time job and trying to get that side hustle off. Or in your case, it kind of organically, naturally happened but we hear this story time and time again, it can be so tough for a new business to actually make it not through expertise or knowledge, just the cash flow, just the the ups and the downs of that first few years. And if you've not got the finances or the revenue or the resources behind you it can be so tough. So what was it?
2: I'll just say the first two years that we were legitimately in business, we lost $90,000 because we, built them we built the infrastructure and the software services to fulfill our promise mm-hmm. the right way using a lot of the same things that I learned in my corporate life and I think everybody knows right the corporate structured way can be pretty expensive but we were like I said we were, I was fortunate that I still had that that day job income coming in that we were able to fund building it the right way so all that all the backbone of the business, was really funded with my day job and like i said if it wasn't for that we would have closed up shop i think within the first couple of years yeah so
1: talk me through that um so what did that allow you to achieve going forward building it in the right way being able to take a hit on the losses with the knowledge that we this is the long term we know what we're doing what was that like what did it help you with you know,
2: in a lot of ways, it helped us be able to adapt, right? The, so one of the things that that small business owners and small businesses in general struggle with is a tech stack, right? They can't afford HubSpot because it's super expensive. They can't afford, you know, a lot of the, the CRMs and a lot of the programs that go together. And so it allowed us to really build out a tech stack specifically designed for us to be able to plug and play our clients into it. And mm-hmm. so there's no, when they work with us, there's not this huge additional cost of, hey, this is your, this is your bill from us, but we also need you to sign up for this and sign up for that and sign up for that. And so it's not just our bill, it's it's all these other bills too. And that's going to be another thousand dollars every yeah, month. Yeah, you don't tell and, you
1: about that.
2: Yeah, we don't, yeah, that, that's just yeah. in the fine print that nobody ever reads. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, that, I think that's the, one of the things that really differentiates our agency for these small business clients is that there is none of that right we have a built-in system we have you know we have uh, a way of doing things that they're able to to lock into and you know and we continue to expand that you know that's that's one of the things that uh, a couple of friends of mine that do similar work in in SEO and some other spaces we talk about i still invest in startup softwares when they're not ready yet just so that a year or two down the line when they are ready we can plug and play but we get them with lifetime deals or like series funding deals where we get lifetime access and we get unlimited seats so that we can plug it into that tech stack when it's ready, whether it's the new AI stuff, whether it's different pieces. And then I don't have to put that cost onto the client. It's just something built
1: into our service offering. Nice. Love that. So let's, let's fast forward. Now let's, let's go into your area. Let's talk about you, the business owner. So what has it been like for you as, you know, the last few years, as you transitioned, as you've grown into this, this agency,
2: you know, it's, it's been hard in a lot of ways. You know, the, it, one of the things when I left the corporate world, as I said, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to go the corporate way. I wasn't going to manage people again. And, and as we've continued to grow and expand, the team just keeps getting bigger and bigger and I have to manage people again. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and it's honestly, I think one of the biggest emotional struggles for me is managing people. Right. Mm -hmm. And as as your team gets bigger and bigger and bigger, you know, when I, when I left the corporate world, I had a couple hundred employees and every day, somebody, somebody has a medical emergency, somebody's family members get sick or die or somebody's pets or like, you don't realize the emotional toll that takes on you just internalizing and empathizing with them when you're the point of contact. And and that was one of the things that whenever I left, I really looked forward to not having. And granted, it's not the same scale. We only have 20 or 25 people, but it's still the same things, right? You still have to empathize. You still have to, you know, use some EQ when, when you run a group of people. And, and that's, that's been one of the biggest challenges is, is getting back into understanding that, um, mm-hmm. you know, and actually building out our team in a way that I can kind of buffer myself from some of that, um, we actually just brought on an ops manager a few years ago just for that reason to help buffer some of that. So now I only have to deal with two or three of the team, and then we have managers who take care of some of the rest it's um, for the same reason, just to kind of give myself some mental sanity and just give myself a little bit of a break in managing yeah. those things because they're hard for me. I'm not a high EQ
1: person, so it's hard for me to really deal with a lot of that. Yeah, putting the right people in the right place. What you spoke spoken about there, there'll be agency owners listening who are small teams, just really growing and are not sure what to do, how to bring on new team members and being able to sort of let go of the things that you love doing and that you're good at doing. So to be able to bring those, those buffers in because this the entirety of the yes, we talk about this all the time, the entirety of the yes I'll, with this agency that you're building that you never knew you wanted, but you, you kind of got it and then it took it on a life of its own. All these things that come with it that you have to agree to, that you that are part of the full package. So as you've gone through through that, what's been the, what's been the biggest gift that you've learned as you've built this this agency? That's a really good question.
2: Um, you know, there's been a lot. you know I, I've learned a, I've learned a lot about leadership. Uh, You know, I spent a lot of time developing leadership skills when I was in the corporate world and seeing them in the different ways that you can use those leadership skills. Um, You know, being able to to adapt myself to Mm. different clients, right? When you work in the same industry all the time, you know, everybody tends to be similar or very close to the same. And now working across, you know, so many different business types, so many different niches. You know, it makes it, uh, it, it's been interesting to me to learn how, how fluid and functional I can be in adapting to different personality types, different work types, different people. Um, And that taught me something about myself that I didn't know. And I, you know, I think I incorporate it back more so into my personal life. I think it makes me a better husband. I think it makes me a better father because I'm able to see things from different perspectives um, you know, or as Covey calls it, right? The paradigm shift. You know, now I can see things from a lot of different ways that even though I read the seven habits 20-something years ago, you know, when I when I got into this business and and running this agency, I really was able to to understand that lesson in a way that I
1: can implement it in my whole life, not just my work life. Mm, now that's a very good point. All these lessons that we put these books, podcasts, all the things that we've heard everywhere. Sometimes we need to hear them multiple times. Other times, it doesn't truly sink in until we really need it. So it sounds like you've had a wealth of experience and knowledge, but now there's new things coming into play as you became the accidental agency owner, and then as you grew into the team, the leader that you didn't want to be. And now, where, where, where's it going now? What's what's the next phase for you? What's the next sort of transition for you personally that's, that's coming up thick and fast?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're planning on a pretty big scale move. Like I said, we, we have, a, we have a good number of team members now, but we've, we've invested the last 12 to 18 months to really be able to scale the, the scale the team. Mm. And with that is going to come with scaling the agency as a whole. Um, like I said, it's, it's, and you kind of nailed it. It's something I never really planned on having, um, you know, but now it's, it's funny. My son's a, my son's a brand guru, right? He can, he can recite all the slogans and he'll tell you nobody out pizzas, the hut for pizza hut. And like he, he has, he has completely bought into the fact that, you know, that I own a marketing agency and we do advertising and things like that. And, and uh, so now, now some of our social media content actually just encompasses him. And I, you know, I tagged him as our future CEO at some point. And uh, so now, now I'm really Uh, really changing gears on what we're going to do. Like I said, originally, this was just going to be, you know, to help people out and be, to be a sustenance thing, you know, just fill the gap until, you know, retirement. And now I'm looking at it from a perspective of being able to build something that in another nine or 10 years that he could potentially take over and have, uh, you know, something that can sustain him as well. And not just me.
1: Nice. So you're looking for the legacy, not only continue to help these, these businesses, but build thing for, for yourself, to fuel your life and also for your son to bring on all the future that that comes with that. That's beautiful.
2: Absolutely. And it, and there is something to be said when you can really help people, you know, I talked earlier about the things (laughs) that make it hard to work with a small business owner, but there's, there's also something that you don't get from anybody else when you see those big wins, when you can put up a five or six X ROI on ad money, like the, the way that they appreciate it is so much better than working for a, you know, multi-billion dollar company that, wouldn't notice if you lost 2 million or made 2 million. And that direct uh, but impact. See, you can
1: see where it, where it goes you can see what what difference it makes. It's huge. And and
2: like I said they just they care so much that you know sometimes it is a little tough but when when the wins
1: happen the wins just mean so much more to them. Wow, love that. So as you with this big move you're doing what's what's your role going to change into? Do you know? Yeah.
2: So um you know, I'm going to be more of a facilitator, mm-hmm. um, you know, up until this point, uh, I, I was still our salesperson, so it's it's a little little different than what most places do. Uh, a lot of places will we'll set up lead generation or salespeople or appointment setters um, as one of the first expansions that they do. Mm-hmm. And really, because of where I came from and how I started the company, I really focused on all of the people that we hired we're on facilitating the end product for the client, right? Mm. Not necessarily helping me take things off my plate. And part of this expansion, like I said, with adding the ops manager and now we have team members on our team that are able to to take the day-to-day, to take the client monthly meetings, to take those things off my plate. You know, yeah. now I'm going to focus on facilitating and growing and like I said, like you said, creating that legacy really and less about me in the day-to-day
1: operation. Nice. And so what if you can be completely honest, what, what scares you? What are you nervous about? What's going to be new for you that's like, ah, oh, this is this is the next challenge?
2: So uh, the hard part is going to be, it was a big transition for me when I left the corporate world and did this full time. Mm-hmm. You know, it was really hard for me to transition to the mindset of you only eat what you kill. Right. Because if I don't sell it, I don't have revenue coming in. I can't pay my people. I can't pay myself. I can't pay my bills. You know, we could be homeless. You know, that was a big transition, right? I spent 18 years where a steady paycheck came in every two weeks. And it was a good paycheck. And I had a company car and a company expense account. And you know, I I didn't have to worry for anything. And then all of a sudden my wife said, Hey, you you can't work two jobs anymore. You're going to be divorced. And I was like, Okay. And we decided to do the agency side. And I, I said, So now what? Like, it's great. But we just gave away this big chunk of consistent checks. We just gave away this company car. I have to go out and buy a car. Like I mm-hmm. haven't bought a car, and I couldn't tell you how long. <laughs> and uh, uh, I mean, for me, obviously, I, my wife had a car, but for me, I, I haven't bought my own. But yeah. you know, trying to figure out what that looks like, and now the the struggle is going to be, I'm going to put my livelihood in somebody else's hands. I'm going to yeah. put my livelihood in a salesperson, uh, and in our case, we're going to, they're going to be account executives. So they're not just going to sell; they're going to maintain the accounts. Because mm-hmm. I think I think that that's a, a significant point for any agency. If you have a sales team that only benefits from a sale and not retention, then I think that's bad from an agency perspective, in my opinion. Yeah. So we're we're not just going to have salespeople; we're going to have account executives that own that account for the life of it. Um, and they're going to, and that's how they're going to make their money is not just on the sale, but on the retention and on the client happiness. Um, but to that extent, those people are now going to be responsible for whether or not I can pay my bills. Um, you know, and we, we have a pretty good training system, I think in place, we've taken the time to develop that out before we hired anybody.
1: Um, but it really makes me nervous. You know, all the right answers. I mean, you logically, you get it a lot of you see stepping up and letting go, which is from CEOs, it's the, one of the toughest things to actually do to be able to let go and not meddle and let the team do it. But mentally, it's one thing, logically knowing it, but emotionally feeling it and believing. Now that's level two. That's the next phase that you go to. And it's, it can be tough. And you're saying all the things here is like, yeah, it is going to be tough.
2: Well, and I think, you know, one of the things that's going to make it easier for me is for a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of business owners, like this is their baby. Like, I didn't want, like, I didn't dream this up. Like you said, this wasn't like, you know, I'm going to do this thing and it's going to be what I sustain myself with. And like, this is just my passion. Like, I love marketing. But, uh, you know, being an agency owner wasn't on my, like, I'd never even thought about being an entrepreneur, Mm. because I grew up knowing so many guys and so many people, most of my friends were a little older than me. And, you know, even when I was in my corporate career, like, they, you know, they had the these businesses, and it's all encompassing, and they work all the time. And like, I just I had no want to do that.
1: Mm. And
2: so I think, in some ways, that emotionally divorced me from worrying about the things that you're talking about, because like, it's not, it wasn't like, man, I'm really good at this. This is what I want to do. It mm. was just, I had to become a good salesperson. Cause when I left my day job, if I didn't sell it, we didn't, we closed, right? Yeah. Like I just had to learn, you know, how to make that happen. So I was never really attached to wanting to do it.
1: It was yeah. because I had to do it. Mm. And now, so now I'm happy
2: to let somebody else do
1: it. <laughs> Absolutely, but you get a new transition. You get to be able to. I now have to do this to allow this to flourish. You now have to allow this and build this other team, and oh, all these things that, that come with it. So it's it's fascinating to hear your slight sort of twang, your difference in the experience, rather than this is my baby, this is my dream, this is the purpose I've always wanted to do. Rather, but you still have the yeah, but it's still I'm building a legacy now. Now you're you haven't got the past passion. You've got the future passion. That's yeah. where we can see with some people you sort of tap into, and then you can see where this sort of pulls or drives or brings in more stress, worry, mm-hmm. concern. Right?
2: Yeah. I mean, like you said, that that future now plan, like I said, I, I'm I'm now thinking I have to sustain this thing for nine, 10, 15 years for it to work. And, Mm. you know, realistically before I didn't have to worry about that because if it didn't work, right. I have a 20 year, a 20 year resume in the corporate world where I'm pretty sure I could get a job relatively quickly somewhere. Um, You know, so I never really felt the stress of that Mm. in the beginning because, you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Like you said, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't something I was, I was, you know, super invested in. Like I was just trying to help people. Yeah. And if it didn't work and it didn't make any money, so be it, I'll go get another job and go back to my, you know, nice, safe, easy, cushy life and, and go back to doing that. And, uh, oh, and that, I it has, it's, it's all changed, you know, having my son really, you know, take an interest in it and really start planning for now. I have to think about, you know, 10 years from now, that's yeah. a, that's a real big difference. And you're hundred percent, right. The stress level quadruples. When you start, when you start having to be invested and in do those things,
1: once you start to really care in something more than just bottom line, the work you do, absolutely. Hey, look, Mike, this is this has been fun. We could talk for hours on this. I love love this. So, thank you so much for sharing your slightly different journey and everything behind the scenes with with what you do. It's been fascinating.
2: It's been absolutely my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thank you. Look, if you want to find out more about about you and your business. Where can they find you guys? Absolutely. You can find us on all socials
2: at Problem Solvers. Um, we, we have a pretty good presence on LinkedIn. And if you want to find me, it's just at my name, at Michael Roofing, R-U-F-F-I-N-G. And I'm happy to connect with anybody there and, and hopefully make a, make a good impact in your business.
1: Awesome stuff. Well, Mike, thank you so much again. It's been, it's been so much fun. Thank you.
0: Our podcast gets noticed. That's
1: how people find us.
0: It is. And we want all their earballs.
1: <laughs> all the earballs all over the place.
0: We do. Nice. Yeah. So please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful.
1: And then more people hear your beautiful voice or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time.
0: Bye.